Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans, welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Offset, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers here to talk Seahawks football. We are in the middle of our position group looks on the team. We've gone through the quarterback, running back, and tight end group so far. Now up to the wide receiver group. Fun group, actually. Um, Quite deep, uh, especially at the top. And uh, looking forward to the conversation. Welcome in. Yeah, it's very talented at the top. Um, you know, one of the best wide receiving cores in the NFL through the top three players, um, which sounds very, sounds very homerish to say, but you look statistically, um, and if you watch film, you're going to say that uh, both Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are top 20 or 25 wide receivers in the entire NFL. Um, and then they added, just added the best um wide receiver in the last draft class and Jackson Smith and Nijigma. And they're three deep with elite players. And how many other teams can say that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and Jackson Smith uh, and Jigba has not done anything yet in the NFL. Uh, also, true. his last real productive season was in 2021 uh, in college. And last year he missed all but three games with a hamstring injury um, and five receptions um last year so there's a lot of projection there um but it's it's decent projection i mean obviously yeah but he was he was also an elite player he was elite he would have gone top five in the 2022 Mm -hmm. draft had he been there 
393 short shuttle and 657 three cone both point to it like a 98 percentile elite agility mm-hmm. uh, that this guy has now a straight line speed was like four five two or something like that so right out of the four four range which is you know whatever um but he is definitely a route runner a guy that can separate himself um all the way around but we'll talk about him in just a second let's start at the top where i think these two players uh deserve our attention first and foremost tyler lockett eight seasons as a seattle seahawk uh 533 catches 7,100 yards 54 touchdowns four straight seasons over a thousand yards guy just does it all doesn't get the accolades he's probably right around between eight and 12 i think overall as a wide receiver if you take a look at his his numbers his advanced stats um his targets and catch rate and all that kind of stuff is just really amazing and yeah uh, he's he's definitely a special player and then you take a look at dk medcalf's numbers uh four years 306 receptions 4218 yards 35 touchdowns you extrapolate those numbers they even transcend tyler lockett's numbers um and so two special players at the top at the receiving position for the seattle seahawks it's odd to me that um most people will 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 say hey you know dk metcalf is an elite receiver one of the best in the nfl all that but they won't say the same for tyler lockett where tyler lockett has been an elite player and statistically has done everything you could possibly want from him um for years and years like just in a row and yet he doesn't get the same respect um i think it has to do with his stature being like 510 mm-hmm. um if he was 62 they would people would talk to him talk about him as being you know an absolutely you know um player that you have to game plan around and all that but you know, he's not. There's he's not a spot in the NFL where uh, he would go to a team and he wouldn't be the number one or number two overall wide receiver in that room. Uh, Agreed. Yeah, maybe. There's a couple of teams maybe where he'd be the third wide receiver, <clears throat> but he would be. Miami. <clears throat> he'd be the best. I mean, he'd be the best slot right wide receiver in the NFL for a, if he was a third yeah. wide receiver. Yeah. Like, I would, I would say Miami is the one that... Um, I know for certain he would be the third. Yeah. Um, but it's hard to come go beyond that. <laughs> if I'm right. being honest. Right. Um, and, you know, he came into the league as, as an unheralded, you know, guy, a third, third round guy. We went up and got him mostly because he was an elite kick returner at the time, needed to develop a little bit on his route running and so forth as a wide receiver came in and to the Seahawks uh, delight and surprise was way more advanced in his route running tree. Uh, than than he was given credit for and immediately uh you know played right away at wide receiver uh but was the featured punt returner and kick returner uh and earned a pro bowl uh bid in his rookie season uh mm-hmm. before he was injured and then uh you know the team wanted to protect him uh a little bit more after that and so his role as a returner diminished his role as a wide receiver increased and uh, no looking back after that first season and he's been an impact player ever since in this league. Now talk about DK Metcalf, Keith, uh, came in into the league is in the last pick of the second round uh, in 2019, correct? And um, four-year career, like I said, 306 receptions, 4,200 yards, and 35 touchdowns. Just a really nice impact player 
And I think if he was on a different team with an, I'm just talking elite quarterback that was in a pass heavy offense, that guy would be a perennial all pro. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's part of it is he is playing Seattle where they're, they're a run first team. And, um, there's that part, but four years in the league, he's over 4,000 yards. He's over, he's averaging a thousand yard season. He's averaging eight touchdowns per season. Um, his first two years in the league, he, his, he dropped a lot of balls too. Um, very true. And it's, but they were, and they were concentration drops. Um, he's really, and he was just being thrown at into tight windows and, yeah, you know, basically looked at as being, you know, making spectacular catches or just you didn't get the ball. Yeah. Um, so now, now you've got him. Um, the last couple of years, he hasn't dropped balls. He's um, been the focus of other teams' defenses. You're seeing him yeah. double covered at times, triple covered, especially when Lockett got hurt at the end of last year. You were seeing um, there was a cornerback on him. There was a safety who was assigned only to him. On top of that. And then you often had another corner drifting back into his zone, into his area, just because they were so worried about him. Defenses plan around DK Metcalf. And he's he's the most physical wide receiver in the NFL, and he is treated as such. And you go watch him play, and he's just literally beaten up the entire game. You know, people man coverage, press coverage on him, shoving him, pushing him. He's out there blocking. He's after the catch. You know, people are sending like an entire defense to tackle him in like a you know a big huge pile on. It's it's crazy the way that yeah, I, it, I perceive that. Yeah, but it doesn't really affect wrong? him that much. Um, I, I, think I it does a little bit. I mean, as far oh. as the mental game, we've had a, a few issues now and again about DK Metcalf kind of losing it a little bit and getting uh, having players get under him. Um, that's but the I only think, thing. I think that's an immaturity issue that he's still growing out of. Um, but it, uh, as far as the physical side of it, I equate this to, you know, being Shaquille O'Neal in the NBA where he had guys climbing on him. He had guys like slamming into him and he just literally would, would just take it. And got, yeah. Guys would bounce off him and it didn't matter. Um, I mean, these were things that would have been fouls against any other player, but it's Shaq and he doesn't move. So they don't call a foul on him. Um, you see a lot of that with Metcalf, like guys are like all over him in coverage. And that's like, that should be a, fa- that should be a penalty, but it's Metcalf and he just kind of like shrugs it off. They, they can't even move him off his route, um, no matter how hard they're hitting him. And so he doesn't get the call. He's just that much bigger than the defensive backs that he's um going up against and honestly like he the rub on him coming out of college was that yeah he was an athlete he was you know cut and super muscular and 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 just a freak athlete but he could only run in straight lines what part of his game that you've seen since he became a pro would suggest that 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 is that is an accurate assessment yeah he does he does a lot more than run in straight lines absolutely yeah since he's coming to the league keith uh, a everyone was wrong. Uh, he came in and and ran uh, a pretty nice route tree for his rookie year. Had an outstanding rookie season. Mm-hmm. Um, just blew us away, really. Set expectations even higher the next year, and he blew those away. Uh, and now after you know, coming into his fifth season, he really is able to run any route that he wants. Yeah, 
In fact, he's on a very, very good route tree. Very, and he's very good route runner. And Mm -hmm. he's so big and so fast that people give him the cushion and and whatnot, and that plays into his strengths. So uh, overall, I have no complaints from that player at all. I mean, DK Metcalf is is an exciting player to, to watch, and he's a great fit in the offense. He's a dependable target for. Uh, any quarterback, uh, specifically Smith, and um, what what more could you ask from a player? I just you, you know can't. you would love to see him have a little bit more production. Just get him the ball. You know, there's some offenses out there that force feed uh, balls into their favorite targets, and he doesn't have that advantage here in Seattle. They spread the ball out really well. It's probably going to happen again this year. We've just got too many weapons. We talked about in the uh, tight end show that we just had uh, about yeah. Kobe Parkinson being a red zone target and needing more opportunities. Well, those come at the expense of, of somebody like DK Metcalf, who's uh, very much a red zone target in his own right. Yeah. I mean, this is a team with two elite running backs, um, three like top end tight ends and another elite receiver in Tyler Lockett. So there are, this isn't a case where it's the one guy and you're forcing it, feeding him the ball. The ball's going to get spread around and he's still averaging over a thousand yards per season for his career. Remember when it was like forever that we had a thousand before we had a thousand yard receiver, like it went from Bobby Ingram in the early days of the Matt Hasselbeck years until um, Doug Baldwin finally broke eclipsed that number. And it was like, 10 years between it metcalf is averaging that his entire career like that'll give you and he does it on a team that runs the ball more than any other team in the nfl yeah no it's 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 a delight to watch him play absolutely i'm just thrilled that he's on our team and we're not watching him play for somebody else um and i hope he's here a long time has a great career all right Let's get to the draft pick. 20th overall, Seattle chose Jackson Smith and Jigba out of Ohio State. Uh, the reason I think that he didn't go earlier than that, and and it was rumored that he'd go somewhere between 10 and 20, um, but he hung around. Seattle picked him up. Um, he had a great sophomore season where he had 1,600 yards, uh, 95 receptions in 35 games. Um and a bunch of touchdowns, including 15 catches for 347 yards and three touchdowns in the Rose Bowl, was the MVP of that game. Came back the next year, hurt his hamstring very early in the season, was limited to three games, appearances in three games, five receptions. Ended up going in the draft in the first round nonetheless. Special talent. Uh, We mentioned the agility already. He's going to be a definite upgrade at the third spot at, at, at wide receiver for this team. We just have not had a reliable third wide receiver um, in this offense for years at this mm-hmm. point. And this is just so exciting. It's just going to be, it's going to just make everything easier because Njigba is going to get those balls on third down where they need to pick up four or five, six yards. He's going to have a crossing route. He's going to get separation. He's going to be in single coverage. He's going to get a lot of those conversions um, he's also has the ability to, to, he's such a natural pass catcher, even if he doesn't have tremendous separation ability uh, in his long speed, he's going to have opportunities to be able to catch the ball um, because of the way that he positions his body, gains separation because of his route running and precise ability. 
to do that. And just a, overall a great wide receiver, but they do see him in the slot. So you look at um, in him, his production college, he was on the same team as last year's rookie of the year wide receiver. Um, yeah, Garrett and, and Alave. Garrett Wilson and Alave was also um, on that team, but it was Smith and Nichigma that led that team that year in receptions. It was he, him who led the team in yards. He was the best of the three of them, uh, yeah. not just statistically, but on the field. And when you, they did like the interviews and stuff with the, with the wide receiving core, like Alave and, and Wilson were both like, nah, he's the better guy. He's the better player. He's a smaller player, but he's the better player. Um, like they just straight up would call him out and be like, nah, he's the better guy. And of course, you know, I love those interviews cause he's all embarrassed by it. And he's like, nah, 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 Carrot Wilson, you know, whatever. And, um, the kid can play and you're right. He, he dropped because he had some hamstring issues and they were serious hamstring issues last year to the point where the team's not, the team didn't even have him play in the rookie mini camp. They had him there just watching. Um, Cause they're really going to bring him along slow. They're going to make sure that those hamstring issues don't come back. Uh, but they've got a guy. This is a special player. He was the best receiver in the draft and, and by a wide margin, in my opinion. Yes. Yeah. Just a natural talent. Just a Just natural, natural talent. Uh, ca- uh, ball catcher. You go if watch he hadn't him, gotten hurt. Balls. If he hadn't gotten hurt, or if he his a he had had the option to come out the year earlier, um, which he wasn't el- draft eligible then. But if if he had, he would have been a top ten pick, at least a top fifteen pick. Um, you heard that he, from multiple sources, including John Schneider. Yeah, I mean, he's just straight up that kind of guy. So yeah. They got to be careful with his hamstring. So what? Get him healthy. Get him, you know, stretched out. Get him flexible again. And um, they've got a player. He was ready to go. He's ready to go. He's 100%. Doctors clear him. He's 100%. He says he's 100%. He's ready to go. He re- he did his pro day. Uh, had, had, you know, great route running, agility. All that stuff came out at that point. Um, and he was at the combine. <clears throat> he's ready to go. Uh, yeah. He's just being cautious. So want to make sure we, we understand that all right well so and they have a reason the they have a reason receivers. to be cautious because of the next guy that we're going to talk about who has on paper a lot of talent but has yet to play meaningful snaps in the nfl in multi and a multi-year career because he's always hurt like to the point where i don't think he can be depended on to be a productive player in this offense. Well, certainly you can't depend on it right at this point. Yeah. yeah Talking about Dwayne Eskridge. Yeah. yeah. So 5'9", 190 pounds, 17 receptions over two seasons, 122 yards, one touchdown. That's not great for a third round pick or a no. second round. Second round pick. Second round pick. Okay. So and second round uh, pick, a couple of So far it's been ago. a wasted pick, especially with Creed Humphrey sitting there. Uh, yeah. And the thing is, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm never going to let that go. And I know you I need to. And everyone talks about that. Most diehard Seahawks fans understand that that's exactly what happened. And that's the player we passed on in order to get yeah. us. Okay. So let's talk about the, 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 poten- the potential. Now, I understand from Bob Candada uh, and, and covering the OTAs in the last couple of days, he's healthy. He looks explosive, quote unquote. That's uh, Bob's words. Um, and he's ready to go. Now, it's, <laughs> it's so early, Keith. It's so early that, you know, we've got three or four months 
for him. That's to get a hurt. lot of time for him to get hurt. There's a lot, so, a lot of time in there. He's peaking too I soon in the offseason. I, I hate it. We just said that. It really. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? We got well. Get true, chance. but I'm also not being completely. Com- that some, some of, of that is just unrelated. Right? You know, yeah. when you, when you have injuries that are unrelated, sometimes it is just bad luck. Sometimes these, and sometimes it's because your body is not able to handle the load of being an NFL professional against other NFL professionals. If uh, that was uh, the case, then he would be getting hurt during games when he's getting hit by other NFL professionals. Yeah. He's getting hurt in practice when he's playing. History of this stuff. He's playing against air. And that's the part that like is frustrating is because he went through all of college without getting hurt. And then he goes out his training camp of his rookie year and gets hurt running routes with no defenders and just has not been able um, to be healthy at any point since then. And you know, it's well, not that he's, str- he's, he's going to have a struggle now because Jackson Smith and Jigba is, is immediately ahead of him on the depth yeah. chart. That so he's, he plays. he's now at best the fourth receiver on this team. Agreed. And, I and think probably, I think he comes into camp as the numbers. I think he comes into camp as the number five receiver on this team. I do too. And I was surprised you mentioned him before Derek Young, to be completely well, yeah, but it's um, it. I mentioned him because he's because of his draft status as being, you know, a second round pick and and someone that the team thought they were getting like this this weapon, that guy that they could, you know, run those jet sweeps and and get him the ball like he's coming out of the backfield and just all over the place and get him the ball in space and they thought they were getting this weapon and instead they got a guy that has done nothing in two years because he hasn't been what healthy. He lived up to his his status. You know, it's, it's, it is a big, what if obviously, but if he does, oh my goodness, we're five deep. We're five. Oh deep. yeah. Yeah. Wide receiver. So you we're at least, we're at least four deep. Um, Drake young is kind of an unknown, but what we, the, right. what little we know of him is looks good. I mean, yeah. he's a guy that he looked great in camp, looked good in the preseason, except for he dropped too many balls. So he ended up buried on the depth chart as a, as a guy that's out there blocking. As mm-hmm. a wide receiver, he's very good at that so far. He needs to work into being a wide receiver in the NFL. He's big, he's strong, he's fast. Um, once they got 23, yeah, once they mentally, once the, the game started to slow down for him mentally, he started to look good as a wide receiver. Um, they got him some touches at the end of the game. He had a couple of runs on those jet sweeps that I was talking about that were supposed to go to Eskridge but didn't last year. And turned them into some big gains. And you go, hey, well, that's that's how you get on the field more. Um, I have big expectations. He is kind of, he's got that breakout player um like aura around him. Um athletically, he could be special. I need to see it in the game. We need to see him actually do it. Athletically, he could be. He's big, he's strong, he's fast. Go make some plays, kid. I would put him over over D. Eskridge on the depth chart right now. Oh, absolutely. Me too. Before we drafted Jackson Smith and Jigba, he was penciled in as the third wide receiver with a great opportunity to show and have a, a much larger role in this offense this year. Now, yeah. we're, we're going to wait and see. Um, obviously, he needs to come in and compete. You know, I think that Jigba is obviously going to have an opportunity to get those snaps early um, and... Derek Young's just going to be there, 
And I, you know, depending on what's going on with Eskridge and how they would want to envision using him, let's just say Eskridge is healthy, is able to impact the, 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 um, the playbook and the offense. Um, it's a nice problem to have, but I think you, you take Eskridge's upside. It, they're completely different types of, of, uh, of wide receiver, uh, body, body type and style and, and where they would play. But there's only so many snaps to go around. I, you take, you kind of have to take the upside of Eskridge if he's, if he plays up to his potential over a guy like Derek Young, uh, because you've already got, you've already Tariq. got DK, DK Medcalf and other guys that are really impacting the roster. If Eskridge is there and doing those fly sweeps as a guy that runs a four three four forty, um, and and it is has the juke moves and the in, in open space, Eskridge was a special player. I mean, let's remember this guy's a second round draft pick for a reason. Um, if it, I'm just saying, if he lives up to that potential, Eskridge could be a special player as well. Derek Young, special, but yet limited just because physically he doesn't have the speed that Eskridge does. Yeah, but he's so much bigger, and he does have the speed. He doesn't have the quickness, he, but he has the long speed. And you know that's that's the thing that he can do. Um, and having a guy that size, with that speed, I, I mean, agree. no, I agree. It's a it, it's a thing. Eskridge, you were willing to take a, take um, a guy that was a little smaller simply because he was so quick. He was so good at getting open. He was so elusive in the open field. Um, right. Uh, seen it. Yeah, but, but we haven't seen we it. See it. Once if we see it, once we see it. We know it's there. It's going to be hard to keep off the field. Yeah. And if, if young lives up to his hype, the hype that you and I are generating more than anybody else out there, um, <laughs> I should add, but if he lives up to what you and I believe he can be, it's hard to keep him off the field. I agree. So, I mean, we've already talked about all the web we've gone through these shows and we've already talked about all of our weapons that we have on this offense. Now we've got a Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and Jigba, Tariq Young, Estridge to the conversation. Uh, we already have uh, Walker at running back and Charbonnet and Kenny McIntosh, and we talked about Noah Fant and Will Disley and Colby Parkinson at the tight end group. Holy cow. I mean. This team has got a lot of weapons You could for conceivably, Gino. Geno Smith can conceivably throw to 15 different people. Yeah. He genuinely can. Uh, Geno Smith has a ton of weapons. There, no one is saying that you know the the team hasn't given Geno you know the 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 things he needs to be successful. They've also got you know they they invested two high draft picks last year in offensive tackles, both of which worked out, and they invested two mid round draft picks this year on interior offensive linemen, who are both guys that. We'll see if they if they live up to their potential, but they have the potential to be special. Both of them. Um, now they they've got growth to do to get there. That's why they were a mid round pick and not a first round pick. But um, they could both be special. I mean, they it's in them to do to be that way. Um, they've invested a lot into this offense. They've made they, they've made Geno Smith's job as easy as they could possibly make it. They've also given him a coordinator and a scheme, which is very quarterback friendly. Yeah. I mean, if you love offense, 
And, and everyone loves offense. You know, Everybody I love loves defense. offense. I love to see a defense, but with an offense like this, man, I mean, it's it. This this is a, an offense that's definitely Super Bowl worthy. It is. It's, it's going to be about the defense, at least on paper. The the back. offense, the offense is a top five offense. You're this is a team that should average thirty points a game. And that's really hard to do if, if you think of it in terms of the history of the NFL. Um, but this is an offense that should average 30 points a game if the defense can get the offense to the ball. And yeah. right now it's a massive, massive Our defense the last two years has been so so poor. Our offensive, you know, possessions, uh, time of possession in each game has been, you know, closer to 25 minutes a game as opposed to 30. Uh, 30, yeah, but thirty is is average. Not last year, but the year before that, that had as much to do with the offense, the Russell True. Wilson offense, than it did to ha- with the defense. True, because w- when you know first Wilson was hurt, then he came that, back, and he came back too soon, and he was he genuinely played awful. Um, and so I, I'm not willing to put that all in the defense, but last year, last year's defense was bad. And there's no way to sugarcoat that. Yeah. And and we'll have the conversation as to whether or not they've done that after a few shows here. All right. So after the the main guys are done, the five, the top mm-hmm. five, we've just got a bunch of guys, you know, at this point, in my opinion. Uh, starts with Cody Thompson. I'll mention Cody first just because he's been around the longest. He's literally 27 years old now, Keith. Is he really as an undrafted rookie free agent? I guess he's had two years, two <laughs> years with the team. Yeah. Um, he's a guy that he sticks around because he looks like he's just barely not a guy that needs to be on the roster. He's good. He's a good football player, but maybe not a guy that you want to depend on week in, week out. Um, a special quality yeah he's 62 205 you know he's got good size but he's not super fast he doesn't have super uh, agility he's a good ball catcher near as i can tell because i haven't seen him actually play well i've seen Um, him in practice and and in training camp and he looks he looks good in those roles but he looks like he's a guy that honestly if he had joined um the xfl or usfl he would be like an MVP candidate. I he's agree, he's maybe too some, good for that league, but but right on the border of of being an NFL player. Especially um, with a with a room like we've got, it's hard. To oh yeah, he's gonna have a hard time cracking the roster, and that's too bad for him. Um, I love that he stuck around, and the team's given him a chance, and they like him, and he does good things um, in practice. But you're going up against Derek Young. You have to take Derek Young's job. If you want it, you really think he's going to do that? He didn't do it last year, and no. Derek Young was a was a green rookie. Mm-hmm. Um, K- Kade Johnson, here's a player, five ten, one eighty six, similar role that uh, D. Eskridge had when he came out. Um, so similar player, similar size, similar speed, similar attributes as far as being a slot guy, shifty, uh, punt returner, kick returner ability. That sort of thing, Kade Johnson. Um, I'm a little surprised that Kade Johnson um, didn't do more last year, given the fact that the team struggled at 
from after the top two, there was nothing. There was not much behind them. And Kate Johnson is a a kid that last year, yeah, I get that he was undrafted. I don't think he should have gone undrafted, um, if I'm being honest. But he's a guy that um, does a lot of things well. He runs good routes. He catches the ball. He plays physical. Um, I kind of expected him to get more opportunities, not because, oh, he deserved them, but because he would earn them. And I was a little disappointed that he didn't go out and earn more opportunities because he, a lot like Kay Johnson, does a lot of things pretty dang good, even if he does not do anything special. We'll find out. I mean, if he comes to camp and he's hungry and he's fighting and, uh, you know, maturity has, has come in for him, uh, he could he could definitely take this as, as his last opportunity to come in and fight for a spot. And, and, mm-hmm. and if you look at it that way, maybe he's got that opportunity. All right. Uh, Aesop Winston appeared in three games for the Saints in 2021 and had 10 punt returns for 119 yards. That's his stat line in the NFL. He's uh, a punt returner. He's not much of a wide receiver. Right. Okay. Uh, CJ Johnson, one of the most interesting prospects of the undrafted rookie free agents the Seahawks brought in this year. Six, one and a half, 224 pounds. Um, he had 67 receptions, 1,016 yards, average 15.2 uh, yards per reception, 10 touchdowns, and 13 starts last year. Uh, our third uh, quarterback, Allers, was his quarterback in college very physically strong plays to his size utilizes his natural ball skills to to put himself between him and the defender not a lot of separation with this guy but he's so physical he uses all that he's got as far as his physicality to win matchups um and and i'm looking forward to seeing if he can somehow find a way to stick around and you mentioned Derek young this is another wide receiver that would have to beat out Derek Young for a spot. I don't know if he has to do like, because his, I don't, at this point, I don't think he's trying to compete for a spot. Um, keep six wide receivers because I think they keep six wide receivers because they don't have as many running backs on the roster as they normally do. Um, so if they keep six wide receivers, True. he, I, I think he's got the inside track to be that sixth guy because his athleticism, his size, all those things say um, special teams, which is what you want out of your, you know, end of the roster guys. But if you look at like NFL.com and and their their draft profiles and everything, and and um, Daniel Jeremiah, who writes a lot of their stuff, had him as a mid round pick, fourth fifth round pick, mm-hmm. um, and he went undrafted, yeah. and. He was productive. He's athletic. He's um. There's just there is a lot to like about this kid. I we watched the film on Allers at quarterback. Both of us said Mm -hmm. this kid jumped off the tape. Oh yeah, we're trying to watch Allers, and I kept being like, "Ooh, who's that receiver? Oh yeah, it's that guy. It's this. Oh, it's the same guy. Uh, Oh yeah, it's that guy again." And then you realize that it's C.J. Johnson who the Seahawks signed, and you're like, "Oh, that's cool," because watching Allers. I was more impressed with CJ Johnson than I was Allers. <laughs> just straight up. Um, and I just, I, I just came away from watching Allers going, God, I got to figure out who this other kid is that's out there catching his passes. And he's the other guy the Seahawks signed. So 
Um, I like him. I like him a lot. I like him as a six wide receiver on this team quite a bit. That's which that's is interesting to me. It's either which is that weird because you keep four tight ends, which is possible because we just mentioned some tight ends in our last show. Yeah, I would keep the six wide receiver just because I want to. Um, but I CJ Johnson's got a chance. Like Cody Thompson and um, uh, Cade Johnson are are good players. They're guys that are fringe roster guys. But you know, if you give them an, if you really have are in a pinch and you put them on the field, there there was some production there. I will, I might keep C.J. Johnson over those two guys, and that's hard to say because I don't like both of those two guys, and I think one of them, I think the two of them were, were before they signed C.J. Johnson. I think those two are fighting for a roster spot. One of them makes the fifty three. One of them doesn't. Now I don't know. Yeah, now I don't know if either of them makes it because CJ Johnson has a chance to like, he could be a really good player, even as an undrafted guy. We just don't know about him. Like, and people aren't talking about him because he went to East Carolina. Well, it shows up. I mean, if, if anybody wants to go watch some highlights of him or go watch highlights of allers, go watch highlights watch, of allers. Two allers is throwing the ball. Yep. Too. yep. Is, go watch highlights of allers. And then, and, and yeah, because the Allers highlights show you CJ Johnson as well as anybody. Um, and I was impressed. I was just straight up impressed. I think this kid can be good. And I get he's an undrafted free agent. So we're probably talking about someone we may never talk about him ever again. Um, but I was impressed watching his tape. I like this next. Next kid, Matt Landers, 6'4", 200-pound receiver, next-gen stats, athleticism score, had him ranked seventh, or excuse me, second overall yeah. of the wide receivers at the Combine. 4.37 40-yard dash. 1.51 10-yard split is what yeah. I heard. Like that's 6'4", 200 That's 6'4". This guy is, I mean, he's DK he's Metcalf special. light. Yeah, he's special. He's not as big, not as cut, all that kind of stuff, but he's just as big and he's just as fast. And honestly, if you need to, if if Metcalf gets hurt and you need a guy that can step in and do what he does down the field, now all the little things, uh, the all the underneath routes and all of the route tree and everything that Metcalf does, he's he's a play on the field, running and stretching a defense. I'm sorry. Landers looks like, yeah. How do you not, he's going to be like, be a guy that I think is going to be hard to, to not have on the roster. This guy also got, you know, a a fourth, fifth round grade on by some uh, draft guys. Yeah. um, Including Daniel Jeremiah on NFL.com. He had 47 receptions for 901 yards and eight touchdowns. So he's a big play threat. Um, A lot of his uh, long speed at, that four three seven forty was was displayed in his big playability and getting long touchdowns. Um, good handsy type player needs to obviously develop a route tree, all that kind of stuff. There's a reason why he went undrafted, um, but nonetheless, this guy's got enough intrigue for me athletically and his measurables to to have a longer look at him, especially that one five one split. Honestly, that's, he comes in that's crazy with. He comes in and I look at him 
in the same way that I looked at Derek Young a year ago. And I know that Derek Young was the second of the two seventh round draft picks last year, and and people had more higher hopes for for Bo Melton. But I looked at the physicals of Derek Young, and I was like, nah, he's the better guy. He's the better prospect because he has a higher ceiling. Matt Landers has that high ceiling. He's got a long way to go to get to it. He he probably will make the roster this year, but I certainly as hell hope is that he lands on the practice squad because if he does and he's given a chance to develop, uh, he could be good. He needs to develop some lower body strength. He needs to develop a bigger route tree. He needs to stop having those, um, you know, just concentration laps that leads to too many drops there's a reason why he went undrafted. He's not. He's not a. He's not like a guy that you could expect to come in and be good this year. But I think long term, there's potential there. There's a high ceiling there. The floor is low. He was in the, the top ceiling. four or five wide receivers that went undrafted. Um, yeah. As, as rookie un, undrafted free agents to be signed. Same um, with CJ Johnson. Less. Yeah. Both of, both, both of those, those guys. guys are. So, uh, I found it interesting that those guys signed with Seattle. Because you look at Seattle and you go, okay, they got the top two guys. They they have Smith and Jigma. They drafted in the first round. Um, Eskridge Young after Jigma, really. Yeah, and, and so and people weren't looking at Derek Young as being. Yeah, so the the agents of these players look at Seattle's roster and they say they've got three guys. We're looking at six spots. The other guys are beatable. You can go in and win a job. You got to fight for it, but you got, you can win a job. And that's why they're having um, their, their uh, clients sign with Seattle. Yeah. Because honestly, um, there are probably other places where they, they're the potential for playing time might be higher, but Seattle's three deep with really good players and a big drop after that. And if you're if you're the agent of Matt Landers or um, C.J. Johnson, you're looking at here's a you know maybe you can have a chance to go actually win a roster job, not a practice squad j- spot, but a roster job. So one more guy that's completely the opposite of Landers is Jake Bobo. Same size, six four, round two hundred six. Um, Landers was two hundred, but this guy has zero athleticism. Ranked near the bottom of athleticism score from but he's so stats at the tall. Six four. So Jake Bobo. So everyone kind of recognizes the name a little bit because he played in the Pac twelve UCLA, UCLA season. He played with the Blue Devils, uh, Duke, um, year prior in twenty twenty one. Had seventy four receptions, seven hundred ninety four yards. Um, transferred to UCLA his final season. Led the Bruins in receiving with fifty seven catches for eight hundred and seventeen yards. Seven touchdowns, 13 starts, honorable mention in, in the Pac-12. Um, also first-team um, All-American academic. Um, so, you know, that's, that's that's meaningful in that he's a smart smart guy. Um, other than that, don't know much about him. I know that, you know, all of that, I think he ran like a 4, 5, 8, 40 and had like a less than 30-inch vertical. I mean, it was just atrocious what, mm-hmm. as far as athleticism. But some guys are just good football players. And sometimes you have to disregard those numbers. You invite the guy into the into training camp and you find out what he's all about. That's what they did. We'll find out. Yeah. Um, I 
I was surprised at his combine numbers. I didn't expect him to go out and just light up, you know, and in, in all the drills, but he did much worse than I expected him to. I expected him to be better. Um, because if you go and watch his tape, there's more there than his combine numbers suggest. So I was actually like, cool. I was excited they got him, you know, in this thing. And then you, then I went and started doing the research for this show. And I'm like, okay, those numbers are really pedestrian. But he led Duke in receiving. He led UCLA in receiving. And UCLA was a with, legit with offense. offense. Yeah, the Chip Kelly offense. And it was a legit offense. An offense that at one point, you know, two-thirds of the way through, through the season looked like it was competitive um, to make possibly make the college football playoff. Um, and he was the lead target in all of that. So there was, I was surprised at how, at how poorly he did at the combine. And I know that's why he led to me, but still, I mean, there's, there is stuff to like here. I think long-term he's at two Oh six. I read at one point that he was up to two fourteen. If at some point he can get to, 235 and become a tight end which i know is an extra 20 pounds but his size at six four plus his arm length um he can play physical he's not particularly fast he doesn't win with speed as a wide receiver so it's fine as a tight end that might be his long term like if he wants to stick in the nfl um or maybe he doesn't maybe he drops a little weight and and plays faster than his combine times suggest. I don't know, but I was I was excited that he signed with Seattle and then really disappointed when I looked at his actual numbers. Like his his it's, running it's one of those numbers. Things too where you get a guy like this in. There's there's guys like this that come into the NFL all the time and, and he may, may not make it out of training camp. May not even yeah. make it out of OTAs, you know. Um John he Paul not, is another guy. Uh, mm-hmm. six four one ninety eight ran a five uh, four four five four forty and Tijon Lindsay undrafted out of Oregon State five eight one seventy one small guy really small and when when you go watch the tape on him he's really small he looks uh, he small. Ran a four two forty so he's shifty fast kind of a kick returner uh, um on NFL.com they've got him as a four three seven with a one five one split oh okay well, um very quick and very, so very quick. Yeah, so they've got him. They've got him with, with with some serious speed, but he's tiny. Um, I thought of him as a kick returner, a guy that you know that that's his that's his uh, what he can do for for a team is is um, come in, be a kick returner, hope you can get something else out of him um, down the road as you develop him as an athlete and whatever. But um, yeah, not a not, not much else to be even on the practice squad, probably. um that's it i mean that's the class it's really top heavy we and we mentioned a couple other additional players as undrafted guys that may have an opportunity for a bigger look for this team in cj johnson and matt landers um you've got derek young that's gonna that's coming on eskridge still has an opportunity the team still believes in him uh they Mm -hmm. still have him on the roster he's not just cut out of hand he's gonna have an opportunity for a good look hopefully he can stay healthy, show them something, and impact the uh, game or two this year. That would be great. Jigba's coming in as the 20th overall pick. 
2023 draft. There's lots of expectations that come with that. I think he's penciled in right now, maybe even with a pen, as that third wide receiver for this team, uh, along with DK Metcalf and Tyler mm-hmm. Lockett. I just am not, I haven't been this excited to watch an offense develop this year as any other year I can remember. It's just so loaded with talent. And, yeah, and the last time I was this the, excited for an offense would have been um, probably 2013. Yeah, the, the second year of Russell Wilson. Yeah, because you saw the before. potential at the yes. end of 2012, yes. and you knew everyone was coming back, and you go, all right, I'm ready for this. Before that, I mean, you, you got to go back to like 2005. Yes. And even then... You knew Hasselbeck, you knew Sean Alexander, you knew the offensive yeah. line was great, D. Jackson, uh, but, who Taylor, else? All that kind of, but there wasn't, was the there wasn't, there channel. wasn't that many weapons. This team is stacked with weapons. Yeah. Yeah. They had Jeremy Stevens at tight end. Then it really didn't have anything else after that. Then a couple of wide receivers. Like there's, there's, I can't remember the name of the wide receiver. I don't know why it's not coming to me right now, but he had the, you know, the drops. So he would. He, he he would be targeted a lot, but he would also drop a lot too. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the name, the guy's name. Um, yeah, but yeah. I mean, this is offense, and plus the offensive line that that you add into the mix, it's just a complete deal. And that's yeah. you're counting on a few things to turn out, but those things have a higher percentage than than most years. And I'm mm-hmm. talking offensive center, offensive guard. Those things got to turn out. And then you've got to have Njigba turn out as, as a guy that's ready to go, ready to play and impact the roster right away. And you, you need Geno Smith. You need yeah. Geno Smith to not have been a mirage last year. Well, and I, yeah, right. Sure. But I'm, I'm, I saw enough of him last year. He, he's going to, I don't, but what are the chances you, uh, in your mind that he regresses back to pre last year, Geno Smith? With all these weapons? 1%? Two? I'll, five? I'll say five. I'll say five. It's the numbers, the numbers, really low, and our I think that would be a mental, total mental thing for for Gino to do that physically. He's a he's got the ability. Yeah, um, our so our loyal listeners will know that I'm as cynical as it comes when it comes to Seahawk predictions and stuff. I've been burned by too many. I've been a Mariners fan for too long um, to trust anything. Um, and I know we're talking about the Seahawks, but still my sports fandom is, um, nothing but awful, uh, between, you know, the Mariners and the Sonics and, and all of that. Um, I am as cynical as they come and I struggle to come up with a reason why this offense won't be fantastic. And I, even with Geno Smith's track record before last year, I can't come up with why would he regress back? Like, there's nothing here. The only there's thing no, that and, I can give you that I'm hanging five percent on Keith is the interception ratio that was heavily in favor of Gino last year, based on some some balls that he threw that should have been intercepted that were not that were dropped. yeah he threw he did throw interceptable passes that were that were dropped by defensive backs. He only had eleven interceptions, which is not bad on 30 but, but he could have had 20 interceptions which would have been terrible yeah there were a bunch of balls a few of those that get that end up being interceptions sometimes that gets in your head you know and sometimes yeah 
the and the games get away from you. So they may they wouldn't have made the playoffs. You know, there's a certain thing that kind of comes with that. The whole the mentality of yeah that happening but, the potential of potentially having a a quarterback controversy. I'm just speculating at this point, but a lot of things happen when when you know what hits the fan and you're pressed into a situation that didn't. No, happen. and I hear you with that, but, but I I'm just, saying that he could. It could happen. It could, and, but and it, I believe that that he showed mental. What he's doing. Even. He showed a mental toughness and resilience last yeah, year. Absolutely. Just to, to tell me that that's not going to happen. And yeah, it, it's possible. It's a probability. I just think the probability of it is low. It's really, really low. Like I said, at 5%. That's, that's me. I, I don't think, obviously, I don't think it's going to happen. But yeah. he did have interceptable balls that were not intercepted. That if that dynamic changes, for whatever reason, that could have an, a meaningful impact on games. True. Uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm naturally skeptical and cynical by nature when it comes to my sports teams. I am very skeptical and cynical in terms of Seattle's defense going into next year. And you'll listeners will hear that here in a few shows, but when it comes to this offense, I am struggling to come up with a reason to not be excited, to not have really high expectations. I have really high expectations and I don't like having high expectations because when you have really high expectations, <laughs> the only thing that can happen is that you can be disappointed by them. Um, well, you know, what happened with Metcalf, you know, the, the thing that happened with Metcalf that we, you know, that changed us, I think, uh, four years ago was we, he had that rookie seat with a, we went into the off season. He had a terrific training camp. He came in, he was going to start. Um, we kind of tempered ourselves. And then the next year we were like, well, can it get any better? Uh, and, and then and, it did. And then it did. And then we were like, okay, we're done, you know, holding back. He is who he is. Um, it's the same with Gino, really. It's like, do we let go and just give it to Gino and just let him go and, and trust that it's going to turn out? And I'm almost there, really. It's it's hard not to. It's also hard to, to let go of the cynicism given um, my Seattle uh fandom but i gino showed me so much last year mental toughness resilience smarts i'm not talking about you know on the field throwing mechanics or any of that what he had was the ability to overcome adversity and overcome a lot of things and be sacked quite a bit despite the fact he had got the ball out of his hand pretty damn quick um it didn't matter he still played good. He showed me a lot. I was really impressed with Gina last year. Shockingly impressed because I had zero expectations for him. I thought he would have lost his job by week four. Honestly. Um, now I, I'm struggling to keep my, my expectations in check and not have just really high expectations for this offense. Fun. Let's <laughs> let's let it ride, man. I, yeah. I hate to borrow the things from the Broncos, but you know, you, sometimes <laughs> you just gotta go for it and uh, allow it to happen. And uh, maybe we could do that. Yeah. All right, let's get out of here.
find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. You can find me MW Seahawk. The show is Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Find it on YouTube. Find it on your favorite podcast platform. Hit that subscribe button. That would help a lot. So until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NW Seahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com. Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.